0: Welcome to The Six once again. My name is Lucas. I'm really happy you're here if it's your first time. I met a few people tonight it's their first time, which is really exciting. And so thanks so much for joining us tonight. We'd love to continue to connect with you. Our church wants to be a home for you, a place you can be. And so thanks for coming. It is our young adult service, but like anyone's welcome. We hope you always know that. Uh, we just kind of target that age. And and, and as Rex was saying, as a part of kind of our Sunday social, if anyone hasn't seen the atrium yet, which is this building project we've been talking about for a long time, open house tonight. And so if you want to, head to the back. I'll run in there. And just to kind of show everyone there, we had some, a young adult team night recently and our team got to see it. It's just really exciting to see that place come alive. And I'm sure this service will be in there, will be in their lots. And so I'm really excited about that. Once again, too, happy Father's Day to the few dads in the room. and. I just want to say, if you haven't, like, texted your dad yet, now's a good time, okay? (laughs) I'm going to give you a couple moments here to, like, shoot a text. Hey, dad, I'll call you later. Um, You know, no matter your relationship with your dad, I just really believe that there's something about honor and and encouragement. And, man, I just think it would be key for you to, to stay connected with family like that. We are in week number three of a series called The Christian Walk. It's this whole journey we've been taking through the book of Ephesians. And uh, the heart behind it really was to unpack what I believe is one of Paul's best letters. Um, Some say he was like a a person to write for him, but for sure his words. And, And honestly, this is a letter that's... In, in full, in its fullest context, in the original manuscripts, even it doesn't even actually say to the saints in Ephesus. It just, it just it says to, like to, to the people. And I believe that this letter would have been actually passed off to many churches, to many different people. And so when we read this, it really is an interesting kind of step-by-step guide in a lot of ways to how Paul, who also like saw, you know, witnessed and and, and was around during you know the time of Jesus, really saying, listen. Here's how we walk this whole Christian thing out. He takes the first you guys have heard me say this every week I kind of give you this background. The first 3 chapters about salvation and grace and all that God has done to put this together and the mystery of the gospel which we'll talk about in a second. And then the last three is all about how you walk it out practically to live wisely, to love others, to to live like children of the light he uses to this like the armor of God, like all these pieces to really live out your faith day by day by day. And so I find it interesting because he's trying his best to to paint this kind of straight and narrow path, like just walk like this, from here to here to here. It's funny, when, when you have kids, there's like no such thing as a straight line anymore. And I always, I'll be like, Bo, let's go over here, right? And so we'll start walking somewhere, and Bo is not gonna walk from like point A to point B. That would be way too easy. That would be way too simple. Bo wants to take the road less traveled. We'll we'll put it that way, right? He'll always, whenever he has a car in his hands, I love this. I don't love this, but he like, he often has a car in his hands or a plane of some sort. And the other day, I was like, Bo, follow me. And we're just like walking in Walmart, just like as anyone would. And Bo is not gonna walk down the path. Like he's gonna up against the thing. He's going up, there's a ladder. He starts going up the ladder. I'm like, get off the ladder, man. We're in Walmart. And I kid you not, he did this the other day. He saw a person, walking this way at him. And rather than walking away from them, he literally goes, and like uses their body for his plane. And I'm just like, he has no idea what personal space is. I can't even help him or help. I'm sorry, you know? This one person, this is not a joke. I'm not making this stuff up, was grabbing something from a shelf and he just went over his butt with the plane. Like as if it was some sort of thing in the way. Because why wouldn't you, right? This is just part of it. There's no like facts. Don't say that. Like this is... This is his life. his journey is this hilarious crazy up and down and all we were doing is getting sunscreen and then moving down to get something else in that one aisle of Walmart. And for us it's the same journey except we kind of do that we're kind of like bo right like Paul lays it out Jesus is laying it out for us but but life throws at you different things. Doubt, discouragement, we face all sorts of moments of of hiccup with relationship or fine it doesn't matter what it is and so that walk does get a little bit treacherous sometimes or difficult. And Paul right here is just trying to lay it out piece by piece for us. And we recognize that the walk is hard. And so that's why we're doing this series. It's not just because it's easy to pick out the seven times that Paul says the word walk in Ephesians. It's not that. It's because the daily journey of following Jesus every single day, we understand, is not always easy. And so we want to try and unpack the beauty in all of it. That's the hope. And so we, we we talked about walking in the Spirit. We have talked about walking from grace to good works. That was Ephesians 2. I encourage you to check that out on the podcast, uh, which is out and available if you want from last week. And then this week we're in chapter 3. So if you got a Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be in there the whole time. Um, and we're, we're titling this just Walk in Power today, Walk in Power. We're going to hit Ephesians 3.20, a very popular verse for many. But I want to start uh, before that. I want to start in verse 1 because, again, <clears throat> you don't just read one verse. you got to get some context to it all. And so we're in chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I love this part of Ephesians. It's often skipped. It's just so good. It says this. This is uh, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 1. Are you with me tonight? Here we go. For this reason, I... Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, this is important, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. There it is again, the mystery. What's he talking about? Which was not made known to people in other generations as it has been now revealed uh, by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Verse six, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Final verse here, I will just read verse eight. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. So there again is our financial language. Remember that. He's going to constantly bring that up in this book, constantly showing that there's more to life than treasure and possession. I love this part because he finally gives us the answer that if you've been reading his epistles, if you've been reading Paul at all, you're like, what's this mystery about, man? What are you talking about the mystery of the gospel? Jesus has come, saves us, he died, he rose again. We get it, that's awesome, It's not a mystery. And he's like, no, there's something more important here. For us, we acknowledge this, but for this, this was like a big deal right now. This was kind of a, 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 a almost like, like cultural dynamic that he was completely shifting Jesus, God, like this whole sort of Judeo-Christian worldview, often use used that term, is not just for the Jews. In fact, it's for everyone. And more so for Paul, that's where he was called to. The grace to good works for Paul was specifically to the Gentiles, was to the regions that did, had, didn't have such a, a kind of Jewish background. It would have been very different for these people you understand what this is, what's happening here? He's saying, and he says it, in, I think it's Galatians 3.28. He says, it's, nor Jew, nor Greek, nor man, nor woman, nor slave, nor master. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves everyone. He died for everyone. Are you are you seeing this? That's what the mystery of the gospel is. He puts it so, so plainly. This mystery is that through the gospel that even Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. One body shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus man, I need you to see this tonight. It's really important because if you want to walk in power, you have to understand something that's very very key to the heart of God is that there is no hierarchy in the kingdom. It's not like that. And Paul is like totally changing the cultural narrative here. This is so different than what people would have thought. There absolutely would have been a hierarchy. It would have been the Pharisees. And, and honestly, they could have made a long list of all of it. He's like, no, this is, Again, this letter would have been passed to Jews, to Greeks, to so many different people. He's saying, listen, you have to see this. And then I love this one part, which is so good. So good, six, please hear this. Verse eight, although, because he talks about how this gift of, well, let's just read verse seven. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given given me through the work of his power. Although, verse eight, this is super good. <laughs> Underline this. although. I am less than the least of all of the Lord's people. Still, this grace was given to me. Like, Paul will write some stuff that's bold, for sure, okay? Paul's kind of the man in the New Testament. He's a big deal, okay? And he's not, like, he's not scared in sharing that. There's, if you read, like, First and Second Peter, Peter will be like, I know you've been reading Paul. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't know. He's a big deal. Like, even he says it, right? It's true. Read it. It's there. And yet here he's, like, he's very aware very aware of who he is and what he's done. His past, his present, his future. And he has just such a beautiful posture of humility. Friends, your posture in a way reflects the power you'll walk in. Please hear me tonight. If you want power, if you want to walk in the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, we want this as Christians, whatever it may be, not, not, for, not for stature. That's not what he's talking about. This isn't for prominence or pride. This isn't for his ego. This isn't for followers or likes. This is simply saying, listen, I know where I've been and what I've done, and yet by the grace of God, he has given me this mission, this good works. This is what he's prepared in advance for me to do. It's beautiful. And I have to encourage you and challenge you, and I have I, honestly, I'm challenged myself as I come here to serve you tonight, even just by opening the scriptures, as, as, I, as I message you in the week, as we have meetings, whatever it may be, I'm reminded that my posture towards God in so many ways reflects the, the, just the power that I know I'm able to walk in. That by humbling myself before God, there's so much more that can happen. God opposes the proud. But gives grace to the humble man paul was graced because his posture was godly it was it was it was different you know it, 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 it made a way if you want to lead many friends how's your posture you want to make a big change how's your posture I, i'll never forget this moment in youth ministry where i was just like felt like we were coming up against like these same numbers week in and week out and I was talking to a friend and I was like how did you what did you do to get that youth group up like what do I got to do at night like more giveaways I order lots of pizza I swear like I was just like going through the li- it works I don't care what anyone says pizza just brought people in no tough crowd it's true you're all like pizza where I'd go like honestly it's the truth and I, I remember thinking these really I don't know just simple kind of not very simple Scriptural, biblical things, and I was just about trying to get it going. I never, excuse me, I'll never forget what he said to me. We're on the phone, and he's like, "You wanna, you wanna see change at night?" I was like, "Yeah." You wanna see change on Thursday nights, a youth. Yeah. He's like, "You wanna absolutely like crush it on Thursday nights?" Yes. I'll never forget. This. He said, "Then what's your posture like in the morning?" You wanna see a change at night? What's your posture like Thursday morning? What's your heart like Thursday morning? He's like, "Are you on your knees?" Or you're just prepping games. And and again, this was just such a a nuanced conversation specifically about youth, but he brought it all back to what mattered most, the heart, my heart. And and like how I was positioning and posturing myself towards Jesus to ask for such power and grace to do ministry like I felt called to do. And I wanna encourage you to posture your heart, to put yourself in a place that says, God, where are you calling me? And how, and how would that look for you? And, and so where's my posture? And we even see it as we keep going. If we keep reading, this is Ephesians. We can start in verse 14. And this is awesome. It's a prayer for the Ephesians, it says. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Again, posture, right? You see it? You guys sense what I mean by posture? I'm not saying it's all about this. Or that. I'm just saying like the humility to come before God and say, I need you more than anything else. That's what I mean by this. And so it says, I, for this reason, for this mission, for what God has called me to do, to go and reach and save anyone who will be there, to, to, to reach even to the communities that will have never heard about Jesus, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family, or another other Bibles might say father, from whom from every family, every father, in heaven and on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, I love this verse, friends, being rooted and established in love may have power, there it is again, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith being rooted and established in love, I love that, may have power, may have power together with all Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. If we wanna walk in power, young adults, church, and six, if we wanna walk in the power that God has for us, if we wanna walk into our workplaces and our schools and our communities, if we wanna walk knowing that Christ has something for us today in this moment, you gotta be rooted and established in love. I love how he goes back and forth here with love and power and love and power. And they kind of go back and forth, back and forth. Like, you want love? You want to see power? You need love. If you want to see love, you got to have power. You want to know, like, he's back and forth, back and forth. And I think what's challenging about this for me, I think what's challenging about this for this generation is we don't like, like commitment. <laughs> we don't like commitment. I know some people in here are like, "Oh no, he's the c-word." <laughs> Shoot! Like, we don't, right? The idea of watching something grow, like being rooted in something—you know how painful that is, right? I remember, the, like, I, I think I've said this before, but like, we planted strawberry plants one year, and we just assumed that we'd have like 50,000 strawberries by like June. You know, <laughs> you're like, "What is it?" And it's like, actually, the first year there is no yield. It's like, what? I didn't plant strawberry plants not to mouse some strawberries, right? And then the second year we pruned them wrong and so there was no yield again. So I'm on year three with one super green strawberry right now. And I'm about to uproot all of them. Like I'm just, it's only been year three, you know? But we don't like this idea of like commitment and staying in one spot for a long time. Like it's hard. A lot of us like change. We want to pack up and go. I'm gonna try this place and that place. And listen, for some of you feel called, you feel called here, you feel called somewhere. Go where the grace of God is leading you. But for some of us, we don't like commitment. We don't want to be rooted somewhere. Friends, I'm not talking about relationships right now, so don't need to nudge anyone. I'm not saying that, okay? I'm talking, listen, I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus. And we kind of just float around. Tiptoeing in and out of things, once in a while coming to church and not, joining a small group but not really like participating, saying we're gonna lead some but not. And we're just kind of going back and forth in our relationship, in service, in love. He says, being rooted and established in love, you may have power. Are you sensing what I'm saying tonight? With no commitment, with no rooting, with no establishing. How are you expecting to walk in somewhere with the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm sorry. I'm not saying he won't act in beautiful ways. I'm not saying he doesn't love you. I'm not saying that there's not possibility for, for the grace of God to move in you, for the Holy Spirit to fall. That's not what I'm saying uh, at all. What I'm su- suggesting is this. We have some commitment issues. We like to work in our own strength. We think we have enough power in our own ability to do the things that God has graced us for. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. I kneel before the Father. I'm rooted, established in love, so that I may walk in power. Oh, man. Me and Trina were just reflecting recently on this. Um, I've been at this church now since 2008. Came out here in the, in the fall of 2008. One church, haven't left, haven't worked in another church. I've only done one thing, been in one place, and that's here. Started serving, it was middle school, Youth director, youth pastor, and and young adult associate, all those things. And it's been 14 years that I get to be at this place. And can I tell you, I am just starting to see some fruit. Recently, not even that long ago, during COVID, I got to do my very first baby dedication. My very first baby dedication. I got to see this one couple, something you guys know, Brad and Rachel Party, got to be, all the way from youth ministry, camp counselor, to being a part of their wedding, to getting to dedicate Isaiah, their firstborn. You don't get to do that if you're not rooted and established in love. It was not lost on me. It was not lost on me. The measure of commitment that matches the beautiful fruit you begin to see. You are sensing what I'm trying to say tonight? that if we don't take time to root ourselves and, and find establishment somewhere and to say, we're gonna plant here, we're gonna have roots here, then we may not see the fruit we wanna see or expect to see. Power, love, rooted, they go hand in hand. It's so important that we recognize this. And it's hard, I get it, it's hard. Like what he's suggesting here is like, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, that you would have faith, that you would understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. It's not, it's not a small thing, it's a big thing. And we as Christians are called into that place, into that moment. Maybe it's at work for you, and we're called to live in this tension, right? Where we share the truth and the grace of Jesus. That's where power lives. Is that when you can be rooted and established in such a way, and loving, in such a way, for such a long period of time, that you actually have the ability to speak both grace and truth over people. We live in that tension as Christians, to be fully ourselves, right, committed to Christ, but also committed to others. And it's difficult. And we just preach on truth. It's not simple. It's not always this plus this equals this. But man, that's where true power comes from. When we can root ourselves and be established in love, that's when we really get to see the power come alive. And then final verses here, it says this. Verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Verse 20, which, listen, we, we, I say this verse all the time. I always, am like referencing it. It's just like a quick summarize. It's got some bumper stickers in the house. Anyone got a little Vision 320 bumper sticker in the house? That would be awesome. I'm going to steal it. Like, that would be so good. It says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, seek or imagine, dream or imagine, different Bibles say different things, according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Love that. Forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. I really want that in my life. I really want to be able to tell my kids that dad got to see like immeasurably more than I could ever hope for or imagine. I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, yep, I read John 400 times. Look at your dad go, you know? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to look at Georgia one day, and he'll be like, could God do this? And I can be like, I don't even, you know what? No idea. Never tried, never asked. Just sat in my office and typed out some sermons, and once in a while, Eat a hot dog with some people. I don't want to do that. This verse often, I've done this, like we use it to encourage and we use it to empower and be like, believe, yes, totally. I want to walk in this, not just believe for this. I want to see this, not just sense this. I want to be able to look at Georgia and Bo. I want to look at Trina. I want to look at LG. I want to look at you and be able to see I know this is true. I've seen this happen. Trust me when I say you can ask for that because I've seen it. Let me tell you some stories about it in my life and in others. I don't want to just hope for. I want to not just, I can just believe for. I want to see it and know that it's true and I want to be a person who doesn't just hope for Ephesians 3.20, who just, you know, hopes for the God of Jacob. I want to be like, absolutely, I've seen it. I know it to be true. He absolutely is real and he has the same heart and power for you if you would just walk in it. That's the whole difference here is that we're actually trying to walk through these things, not just talk about it, not just theorize I wanna know it's true. I wanna believe, but friends, we gotta get after it if, if, that, if, if we wanna see this. You have to be willing to do the unthinkable, pray the unimaginable, and, and love the unlovable if you wanna see Ephesians 3.20 come alive in your faith, in your walk. Now we gotta show love. We have to be filled with grace. We have to like really, truly pray prayers that scare us a little bit. That really scare us a little bit. Carolyn, you can join me. Worship team, you can come. We're going to sing a song. And I want you to posture yourself to believe, but I, I don't know how else to say it. I can preach it, I can show you in Ephesians, but I was just praying all week about it. How do I, like, help them see this isn't just something on a bumper sticker? By the way, no offense to Christian bumper stickers, all power to you. How do we walk in power? okay, root ourselves in love, okay. But how do we like do this? And I really believe this is true. You're gonna have to put yourself in some uncomfortable positions. Like I said, you're gonna have to pray the unimaginable, willing to do the unthinkable and love the unlovable because power isn't right if it's not loving. You know what I mean? Like power can be manipulative really quick if it doesn't come with love and grace power can be real dangerous, real fast, if it doesn't have the grace and love of Jesus attached to it. I love that line, don't make fun of me, I love that line in Sherlock, if you've seen this show, it's like the first episode, and and they talk about Sherlock Holmes. Anyone Sherlock fan? You know what? Just, okay, three of us, good. And they, he, he, there's this joke about like, he basically mentions, I like, I want Sherlock to be a good man, not just a great one. Because greatness comes in all shapes and sizes and forms, but goodness, grace, love, these things are attached to Jesus, the center of who he is, God is love. And if we're not attaching ourselves to these pieces, then power, it can be powerful, but it's not right. It's not right. I remember this one time. I have one story for you in hopes that you'll understand that when I preach about this, I mean it, that you can see it, that we do serve the same God. I got the opportunity to go to India a few years back. And um, I think there's a reason why the fastest growing churches in the world are in Iran and in China and in these places that are very difficult to get to and go to because their faith, the faith in itself will, will send them to prison And so where there is like risk, (laughs) where there is not so much distraction, we see the community of Christ just rising up. And I got my chance to go and we led a team there, it was wonderful, it was amazing. PS, really hoping to take a team of young adults and youth to India next May. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I got a chance to go at the very end of this thing, we went to this youth conference and it was amazing. We were at this resort thing and we were just preaching and I didn't realize this, but the final preach, the final night of the sermon, I was told this. We were told this at the start, but I was told, this is the worst day in India. Like, great, let's do a conference. That sounds like fun. And they said to me, they said, no, this is the worst day in India because this is when all the students get their grades. And In India, that's really really dangerous. It's our highest day of suicide because kids come home with their grades. They go to their parents. And one of two things happen, or actually one of three things happen. One, their grades are fine and their parents are fine with it. Two, their grades are really bad and they're beaten up physically. Or worse, they're disowned. It's like I think you're. Pro- is it? Is that the worst way? I was like, what? But truthfully, for them, that's the order, and that's what I was told. So I go up to preach, and there is like. 200 youth who are listening to every word. And as I preached the gospel and let them know that perfection, like we talked about tonight, isn't the goal, but the person of Jesus loves you regardless of your grades today. And literally, it's like as I said these words, poof, something just fell. And this one girl who I've been tracking with all week long just ran forward, she just knelt at the altar. She just began to weep. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't do an altar call, but we had one, friends. And something just changed. And here's what's here's what's interesting about this. At the start of this trip, I was told to never ever, ever, ever talk about Jesus in a way when it had to do with the encounter of salvation. Because if I did, as, as a guy from Canada, a white guy coming, they could put me in prison. But I could, I could talk to Christo, or I could talk to someone else to do it. But in this, so, it, so I would always have to kind of like secretly talk about Jesus and let Christo do what he does and in this moment I see this girl rushing forward and I still have the mic close to me and then some security guards that come in the back and some resort workers were working in the back watching and I literally in this moment had this like I can't, I can't tell her about Jesus because if I do I'll go to jail and I'll never see my wife again <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea should I text Trina that I'm going to an Indian prison tonight maybe I should do that I don't know, but in this moment, just the spirit of God came over me, came over Christo. And there was too many kids not to, and we just jumped down and started praying over every single one of them. And tears and people turning towards Jesus, calling out the gospel, just preaching with everything we had. And I was like convinced this, like I was headed somewhere, not my hotel that night. And in that moment, I see these security guards coming up. I see the I see the, the staff coming up, and they start walking up, and they walk right up towards us, and I was like, this is it. This is this is the end. Like you I don't have a lot of those moments, that was one of them. And as they come forward and they just sat right here, knelt, and opened up their hands. And one by one, they all give their life to Christ. You know what we kept doing there? We just kept preaching. And about 10, 20 minutes later, a man walks up off of the beach. He comes forward, and he comes, starts talking to me and Pastor Christo. He said, who's that, who's that guy preaching, I guess is what he was saying. Those are the words he was using. I was like, it was me. He's like, can you preach that again? I'm like, from page one? I don't even know where I was. I was like, somewhere in Acts. I was like, what? He just wanted to hear the gospel. He was a teacher who just handed out grades that day felt so bad about what he was doing that he was on that beach ready to commit suicide. But he heard the good news of Jesus. He heard something that was unimaginable to him. He heard a hope, a truth, a love, a peace that surpasses knowledge. And he came up and said, nah, something's different today. I kid you not, we saw revival in the middle of this resort in Chennai, India. If you would only be willing to say, God, whatever you ask, I'll do it. I'll do the unthinkable. I'll do the unimaginable. I'll pray the unprayable. I'll believe because I want to see the goodness of God. I want to see Ephesians 320 power like I never thought possible happen in my life. But if we're just gonna sit comfortable, we're probably never gonna see it. If our posture is one where we can do everything in our own strength, you may not see it. Friends, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. We gotta believe that God wants to do something greater than we ever thought possible. We just gotta start preaching and talking about with love and with grace. We gotta stay committed and we will see power like we never thought possible. We gotta do it, we gotta take risks. I wasn't excited about the the potential of going to prison. That wasn't awesome. I wasn't like being like, yeah, suffering, woo-hoo. It wasn't what happened, you guys. It was like something, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. Just told me what to say in such a way that luckily, not luckily, by the grace of God, excuse me, forgive me for saying such words, but by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, men and women that night came to know Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say tonight? Please don't leave here just looking for more comfort. Would you stand? I want to pray over you. I want to believe that this week you'll see something you never thought possible. That testimonies start running in because we're willing to take steps. We're willing to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay rooted and established in love and believe that not just not just believe in Ephesians 3:20 type verses, but know that our God can absolutely do it because his power is far greater than any power in the world. Would you close your eyes and, and in your way, posture your heart to receive. Could you do that? Posture your heart to receive. As I just read this out over you one more time. Come on, all across this room, posture your heart. Close your eyes. Try your best right now. Take a deep breath. Separate your thoughts from this moment if you can. Focus in on Jesus. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, He may strengthen you, friends, with power through His Spirit in your inner being pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts through a powerful faith. I pray every single person in here, young, old, male, female, Canadian, not Canadian, pray that every person would be rooted, committed, and established in the love of Christ, that you would have power that brings people together. Jesus, please tonight, help people see and grasp just how wide and long and high and deep your love for them is. Would they know this love, Lord? Would they be filled to the measure and the fullness of God? Lord, would we be people who walk in power who believe and see that you were able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, hope for, or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. To you be the glory of God throughout every generation forever and ever.